Hello and welcome to episode 69 of Big Lash Energy. I'm your host, Jaina Marie. Of course, my 69th episode shouldn't be relevant, but that part of my brain that stays living in the gutter says that it is. So I decided this one had to be sexy. <laughs> I threw the question out to my Instagram family. What sexy topic would you like me to talk about this week? And I got all kinds of interesting responses. Someone asked, how do we say we want rougher sex without sounding trashy? To which my quick answer would be, honey, you're asking this question with a woman's brain. Think about what you just said from a man's perspective. He wants you to be a little trashy. Plus, there are cute ways to do it. If you're shy, pop him a text while he's at work and say, I can't wait for you to throw me around a little in bed tonight. It's sure to get his motor running. And what about that sounds trashy to you? Someone else suggested sex positions gone wrong. And for that one, I'd have to stick with the theme of the episode. 69. It's easily the most overrated sexual position of all time. It's like when we were kids and someone asked you to pat your head and rub your tummy at the same time. It was just too much happening all at once and nothing was being done well. I promise if he's doing his job with his mouth, there's no way I can focus on doing mine. So either one of us is going to just be laying there like the drooly face emoji, which completely defeats the purpose. It's a fun position in theory, but in practice, uh, I think it could hit the road. In fact, I need a publicist for Big Lush Energy and I want to hire the guy that's working with 69. (laughs) Someone else said different locations to have sex, like in the woods, be careful of foxes and bears. I feel like there's a story behind this one. I wish I could give you advice on this, but I don't have much experience in cool locations minus, I don't know, a theater, a park and a Costco parking lot. (laughs) I appreciate the tip, though. I'll definitely keep my eyes out for foxes and bears should I ever want to do the deed out in the wilderness. There was one suggestion someone gave me that I know can relate to lots of us. Today, we're talking about the hoe phase. It's a technical term, my friend. I didn't make it up. Yep, you heard me. That time in a person's life when anything and everything is okay. So get your dating apps ready because it's time to give a nod to being just a little bit slutty. Welcome to Big Lush Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses, and laughing at ourselves along the way. <laughs> now here's your favourite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. As I mentioned, I reached out to my Instagram family to ask if they had any questions they wanted me to answer in this episode. And this is the one that stood out to me. She said, What's a hoe phase? Is it necessary? We as women, particularly South Asian, are often told to be pure before our marriage or we're too scared to explore and marry the first guy or serious relationship that we're in. We need to explore our sexuality more before the one, if that makes sense. Sorry, I'm a little drunk writing and my husband is really annoying me and I'm wishing that I explored that hoe phase first. Love your podcast. Kissy face emoji. (laughs) I love this question and it had me a little bit intrigued. I wanted a bit more context. So I asked her how long she'd been with her man and she said that they'd been married for almost 10 years and he's the only one she's ever been with. Woman, I hear you. I can totally relate because I was raised in the church, which has a very similar philosophy. I was taught the exact same thing and also married my first love. Since then, I've had a couple of hoe phases under my belt. Sorry, mom, if you're clutching your pearls right now, but let's just consider it um, preliminary research for the podcast. (laughs) So I'm more than happy to shed a little light on this situation. 
What is the whole phase, you might be asking? It's a time in someone's life, woman or man, where they're open to exploring multiple partners, not necessarily by having sex, but possibly by making out, dates, sexy talk. It's that time in your life when you're completely unapologetic about how many people you're interacting with and learning about your sexual preferences. First of all, I'd like to start off by changing the terminology here because words matter. And I don't want to have to keep saying the word ho. Also, I think a huge part of the reason women are afraid to explore our sexualities is because we don't want to be seen as hoes. So instead, I'm going to call this the go phase, as in you've given yourself the green light to explore and learn about what you'd like, whether it's a conscious decision or not. Typically, the go phase can happen during one of two different milestones in your life. The first is when you're young, like in your college years, before your first big relationship. So imagine makeout sessions with random people during spring break parties or hookups in your dorm room, flirting with randoms you met while backpacking across Vietnam. You're not looking for anything serious. You're just seeing who's out there, exploring different partners and learning what you like and don't like. You know, like that one time at band camp. <laughs> the next time people tend to switch into the go phase is after a divorce or a long-term relationship ends. We've all seen that couple, right? They finally break up after being together since high school. Now suddenly the woman is taking trips to Las Vegas, shopping at Fashion Nova, dating all the guys. Maybe the sex had become vanilla or non-existent before they broke up and now she's craving something fun. Maybe she wants a distraction from the breakup or maybe she just wants to know there are other people who might be interested in her out there. How much a person indulges in this go phase typically depends on whether or not they explored before the relationship started, like in the first opportunity that they had. So I was the poster child for the go phase. Take my situation, for example. My first marriage was to the guy I went to grad with while attending a Christian school. So again, I was taught that I had to be pure for marriage. He was my first real boyfriend and my first sexual partner. I got into two back-to-back relationships after that marriage ended, one being a boyfriend and the other my next husband. So my go phase kept getting postponed. Once my second marriage was over, however, (laughs) it was game on. I had a lot of making up to do. My second marriage was next to sexless and I just lost a lot of weight. So there I was, sexually starved, curious, feeling sexy, and ready to make up for lost time. On your mark. Talk about a dangerous combination. Get set. Enter the start of my go face. Let's go. So I signed up for all the dating apps, literally all of them. And let me tell you, they're not much different and it was the exact same people on all of them. I went on all the dates. I had the sexy conversations like, Hey, what are you wearing? A t-shirt. Oh my god, a t-shirt? He didn't have to know that it was down on my knees with bleach stains and dog drool on it and paired with some grubby oversized sweatpants and jumbo slippers. Eh, just insignificant details. I bought the lingerie, stayed up late sending sexy pictures. I was unhinged. There were times I went on two, three, four dates in one day. I got away with all of it by taking what I called alibi photos with one of my best friends. This is a little scandalous and I can't believe I'm going to admit it, but essentially what we did was we would get together with a bunch of different outfits, so maybe two or three different outfits and a couple of different pajama options, and then we would take photos of the two of us in all different hairstyles and outfits so that we would have pictures that we could send to guys when we needed an excuse for why we couldn't talk to them. So, for example, it would be like, oh, having a sleepover with my bestie, or hey, my friend and I just got to the theater, but I'll call you when the movie's done. (laughs) It was scandalous, but you know what? 
I'm not sorry. I wasn't in a relationship. I wasn't committed to anybody. I was having fun and I just wanted to, you know, buy myself some time. (laughs) During that time, answering all the DMs and the apps felt like a full-time job. And one way that I got my fix of getting to flirt with lots of guys without having anything physical happen was sexting on Snapchat. Oh my goodness. If only I charged money for everything I did back then. OnlyFans wasn't around when I was in my hoe phase. But if that would have been the case, I would be recording this show from the Cayman Islands right now after an early retirement. (laughs) Do you want to know how dedicated I was? I had an entire arsenal of sexy pictures and videos that I could pull from to send someone at any time. And back then, I always kept my nails with the exact same polish color and style so that you'd have no idea that I'd filmed the video that I sent you three months prior. (laughs) I gotta admit, it's kind of genius, right? Yeah, so I was a total maverick when it came to making sexy content. I remember one night, I sent the same series of sexy photos and videos of myself to five different guys at the same time. They all got off together, and each one thought that he was the only one and that I was taking the pictures in real time or that I was super turned on and into it. Meanwhile, I was going about my business in my condo, cleaning my place in a grubby outfit with a random show on TV. I was, however, thriving off of their attention. I needed to know that someone thought I was sexy relevant scene. The way I saw it, I wasn't worried about whether or not I was messing around with people before marriage because I'd already been married. And in my mind, everything was fair game. Now, from the outside looking in, say as a married person thinking about being single, for example, you picture the dating world as being like a season of The Bachelorette starring you with a lineup of handsome men with good careers like day traders, lawyers, doctors, entrepreneurs, all fighting for your hand in marriage. But in actuality, it's really just a bunch of dudes between jobs and struggle rappers fresh out of relationships or marriages who impressed you because their sisters wrote their bios. As an example, I'll give you a little introduction to some of the guys that I dealt with. Ladies and gentlemen of the court, Exhibit A. Billy, the struggle rapper. This guy managed to single-handedly ruin my entire neighborhood and I loved my neighborhood. You want to know how? Let me tell you. I matched with him on Tinder when I'd first downloaded the app. That was back when it was used for finding single people nearby. Wow, what a horrible idea. Nobody really thought this through because Billy lived in the building across the street from me. So of course, it was very easy for us to meet up one night. I made the mistake of inviting him back to my place. And after talking for a long time over a glass of wine, we started to make out. And after about 10 minutes, I got the ick. I just knew I wasn't into it. Well, when I tried to pump the brakes, he got really offended and proceeded to tell me everything he didn't like about me, how I wasn't his type and all this kind of stuff. And it was like, hey, Billy, your fragile masculinity is showing. Anyways, After I'd finally had enough, I asked him to leave and he looked outside and saw that it was snowing heavily and told me that since it was really late, he'd rather walk home in the morning. Now this goof is in my bed rapping to his own music on Spotify while I try to sleep. I couldn't wait for the sun to come up for this guy to finally leave. Anyways, I can't even describe how awkward every part of this night was and I never ever talked to him again except now I've got this guy living across the street from me and we both had dogs. So I'd see his stupid ass almost once a week and every time we'd walk past each other and try and pretend that we didn't recognize the other one. It was so childish. but. It got to the point where there were times when I'd want to go to the dog park, but I would see that he was about to go in at the same time, so I'd have to switch my plans up. Or another time, I went to go into my favorite cafe to order a latte, and he was already in line. I decided, never again. I need to be able to escape someone. No one else in my neighborhood. Nope, nope, nope. It was a horrible idea. Ladies and gentlemen of the court, Exhibit B. 
the guy between jobs. I met this dude in a nightclub. We had fun dancing together, and at the end of the night, he started to lay on the charm, like, hey, I really like you. Let's go back to your place and just cuddle. This guy was about 10 years younger than me, but he must have thought that I was born yesterday because nobody, and I mean nobody, picking up a woman in a nightclub is trying to cuddle. Like, come on. I called him out on it, and he promised up and down and sideways that that's all he wanted. I didn't believe him one bit, but it was fun letting him think that I did. I also explained that I had back-to-back clients at my house the next day, so if he did come back to my place, he'd have to leave before the sun came up. He said that was no problem at all. I was tipsy, and he was super hot, so I was like, all right, fine, why not? We take an Uber back to my place, and we made out a bit, then snuggled in my bed and he said, oh my God, this bed is so comfy. I joked, don't get too used to it, buddy. My first client is going to be here in a few hours. We slept for a little bit, woke up to my alarm going off and I told him that it was time for him to hit the road. And he goes, please, can I just stay in this bed while your client is here? I won't make a sound. I'm super comfortable and I really don't want to leave. I was annoyed, but I agreed. Next thing I know, I'm making scrambled eggs for this fool, shaking my head to myself thinking, how am I cooking eggs for a dude I don't even want here? The client came, he stayed quiet like he promised, and once she left, I asked him to get the hell out before the next one came, and he goes, nah, babe, if you don't mind, I'm just gonna stay and sleep a little bit more. And then he pulled the blankets up over his shoulder. Now I'm texting my girlfriends like, oh my God, this dude is not gonna leave my house. In his mind, he'd checked into the Jaina Airbnb and he was getting the most out of all of the amenities. My third client arrived, and sure enough, this bum just stayed in my bed scrolling through his phone, and after she left, he asked if he could have a shower before he went home. I was starting to ask myself, does he even have a home? He takes his shower, towels off, gets dressed, says goodbye to me, and I swear I saw a tear fall down his cheek as he said goodbye to my bed. And as he made his way to the Uber, I looked in the bathroom and saw what a horrible disaster he'd left behind. I think he'd either showered with the curtain wide open or just walked straight out soaking wet and shook himself dry. After that, I decided I don't want anybody else coming into my place because they don't want to leave. Ladies and gentlemen of the court, may I introduce to you Exhibit C. For this one, oh my gosh, I remember pulling up to the restaurant that I was supposed to meet him at and seeing him in the parking lot. He looked like a miniature version of the photos that he'd sent me. Every pic that he'd taken was from down low looking up, so I pictured this guy being basically a Greek god who would make me feel like a little dainty lady, but instead... He was the little dainty lady. (laughs) I don't mean to disrespect the small men, but in my opinion, there are small women out there for you, and I'm not one of them. I consider my body type, um, durable, thick, evergreen, (laughs) hearty, the kind of women who'd make it through the winter. (laughs) So in order for me to feel like a lady, I need a little bit of size. I'm not trying to feel like if he gets in a fight in a club, I'm the one who's going to have to put my dukes up. Anyways, I saw him as I pulled into the parking lot and knew with 100% certainty that I wasn't interested in staying for dinner. But in order to be polite, I parked, walked up to him, took his tiny hand and found a seat in the restaurant. Dinner was so painful because he also had no personality and he ate so slow that the server came back at least seven or eight times to ask, Would you like me to pack that up for you? And he would say, Oh no, sorry, I'm still working on it. Jesus, I've got other stuff to do tonight, buddy. There was also a guy who couldn't remember my name to save his life, the one who said he wanted to take me for a fancy dinner and proceeded to take me to white spot, the one with horrible road rage, the guy I was sure was gay, and a guy who asked me how I felt dating someone hotter than me. At a certain point, I decided to level up my playing field. I paid for a pro account on Tinder, put myself in Los Angeles, and started swiping through professional athletes and actors. And when I tell you I was down to get to know everyone, honey, 
I had flings with guys in Seattle, Portland, Las Vegas, Los Angeles. Talk about hoes in different area codes. Of course, I wasn't sleeping with everyone at all, but I was definitely taking the time to get to know people and seeing who was going to make me a priority. Of course, it all sounds like a good time, right? Flying around, getting attention, going for dinners, kissing boys, seeing if there's a spark. But there's a catch. It's not all fun and games. Sure, I was learning what I liked, but I wasn't healed. And that's something major that we rarely talk about. I was brokenhearted, needing validation, an empty cup looking to be filled with the love of men who were underqualified and not invested at all. Because of that, I'd find myself feeling so hurt when someone didn't call me back, said he wasn't interested, or even worse, got mean or dismissive. Have you noticed some people say that they love playing the field and other people say that they hate being single? I swear the difference is if they are healed or not. Dating when you're healed can be a lot of fun, but doing it brokenhearted? Ooh, not even close. I'd say the worst part is if you're needy, insecure, or hurting, you'll end up giving undeserving people access to you. And trust me when I say that most of the people on dating apps are undeserving people. This struggle rapper, for example, had no business being in my bed. I was wasting my time sending pictures and videos to men who didn't care about me. They just wanted something to jerk off to. None of them bought me dinner, got to know who I was, my fears, my hopes, and dreams. Dating before you're healed is like going into battle without any armor on. Your defenses are low, you're hella vulnerable, and in a vulnerable state, you could end up mistaking attention as adoration and thinking that physical touch means the beginnings of love. But that's really not the case. I had a realization about this when I happened to see a picture of a woman on Instagram who looked, I don't know how to explain this, I don't want to be disrespectful, but very messy. She was about 100 pounds bigger than me, horribly trashy makeup, boobs pushed up to her chin, looking like she wanted to suck dick. Nothing like me. And below it was a comment from a guy I'd been flirting with, hard eyes and squirt emojis. For some reason, seeing it opened my eyes. Sexual attention is cheap. A man will compliment, flirt with, hell, even sex with literally anyone if it means he can get his dick wet. I realized in that moment that someone wanting my body was very different from somebody wanting me. Being in your go mode while being healed? Well, now that's an entirely different ballgame. What does that look like? It's knowing your worth and not wasting time or attention on anyone who doesn't come correct. It's walking away from situations when you get the ick feeling because you're not pressed about needing someone else to like you. It's being selective with who gets access to you and not out of fear of judgment or fear that your family might find out, but because you know you're a high value woman and you only mess with people on your level. Now let's circle back to the woman who got this conversation started. In my opinion, because she doesn't have experience with anybody else, her man is even at a disadvantage because in her imagination, every interaction with someone else could seem like a scene from a romance novel when in actuality, the majority of dudes out here don't have the capacity for that kind of romance and finding good chemistry with someone is super rare. Need I remind you of exhibit A, B, and C? So to answer your question, is a hoe phase necessary? I would say it's not necessary, but it's inevitable. And the quality of your time exploring other people will depend on if you are healed or not. So before you flip this switch over to go, ask yourself if you're coming from a place of strength, self-love, confidence, do you know your value or are you trying to find it in the acceptance from somebody else? 
if you've taken the time to heal, then for goodness sakes, go have fun. But remember to be safe because as women, we have far more at stake than men do. So be clear about what you want. Remember that respect is just the minimum. Thank you, Miss Lauren Hill. And please be selective as to who gets access to beautiful you. You. If you're in a marriage feeling like you've been missing out, I promise it's not all that it's cracked up to be. If I were you, instead of focusing on the affection you're not getting from people outside of your marriage that you don't even know, I'd focus on giving yourself that affection. Try to be more sexy as you. Celebrate your beauty and uniqueness and the fact that you have the love that so many people are lacking. Work out a little more, pay more attention to what you eat, maybe schedule yourself a sexy photo shoot and that confidence will make a huge difference. Who knows, you might end up breathing new life into your bedroom. You have a safe place to play with your partner, with someone who I'm sure wants to play with you too, so experiment together. Going back to my conversation with the woman who asked the question, she said, I've never said this out loud, but exploring early can help you figure out what you like and don't like, obviously, but also explore your sexuality. I think I should have dated more men and maybe even women if I had the opportunity. And to that, I would say I absolutely agree. I would prefer that people tried out different things before they got into a long-term relationship because then you don't have to be wondering the whole time you're with someone if something else might be better or what you might like or not like. And it's also better than exploring after the breakup when you could be broken, not healed yet. Anyways, it's all just something to think about. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is that you're not judging yourself because this is all an interesting journey of self-discovery. And I think that we all owe it to ourselves to play around a little and see what we like because life is short and getting enjoyment out of sex is healthy. Just make sure that you're using protection. So what do you think? Am I out to lunch? Is this horrible advice? I want to have a conversation with you. So please feel free to reach out to me at Big Lash Podcast on Instagram or of course, Jana Marie Makeup. And if you know somebody else who could use a little BLE in their life, could you pretty please share this show with them? I hear every time you do, a married woman thinking that she's missing out on a good time has the best sex of her life with her husband. (laughs) It's true. Oh, and make sure you tune in next week because I'm going to be telling the story of how I ended up having the most beautiful relationship with a little girl named Arzu, who I actually have to take uh, back to school shopping right now. So I'll see you next week. But until then, please go be your most fabulous self and don't forget to spread that badass big lash energy every where you go. Thanks a lot. Goodbye. Mwah. Down, Jane, what you feel?